This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Ian is at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. From the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. No wonder your show is number one. Hey, welcome to ENN. On TV. Ray Rowe. I'd like to start off tonight by saying good evening to Michael. That's asinine. Let's just roll the dice. Good evening to myself. Bear just leaped onto my chair and put his paw right on my crotch. When did you say that? Yesterday. I don't remember that. Last week? Had to be when I was off. I don't remember you saying that. The paw crotch? That thing? was um, Friday? one of the, I think that was the Thursday ENN, and the next one's from the Friday ENN. From uh, last good, week. E- good evening to myself. So I yeah. lived in the sewer. Yeah. Thank you, Jarv. And lastly to myself. I don't oh. care. That was, I'm sure, troubling for some. Can I interrupt you for one moment? Yeah, yeah. So it shows you uh, people are so, like, zeroed in on conspiracy theories. Oh, that's, you didn't know that? Welcome so, to America. So Bob Clappish was our point guard. where the he clap. Yeah, he ripped, you know, Aaron Boone's managerial style, which bah! he did live at 3 o'clock, and then he was the point guard. So somebody on X or Twitter <whistles> says, oh, very convenient that Yes didn't play that. As if they, they censored it. They never play the point guard because it's not a good visual. But in, in this guy's mind, you know, yes, which is owned by the Yankees, didn't want us to say anything bad about Boone. So they, 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 they actually edited out that part of the show. That's how people think. Nemo, we've been talking about Boone and Cashman and the things they have and have not done. I don't know, for the last three weeks. They haven't edited that. They haven't censored that. But that's how this guy thinks, that they didn't play the point guard thing on TV because they didn't want anything negative about Boone. I guess they're going to have to edit out all or censor all the phone calls, too, right? Oh, my God. It's a lot, Michael. It's, it's a, lot. a lot to digest. Let, let's hear from this. This was a riveting interview with Clappish, a.k.a. The Clap. And no, it's not The Clap, a.k.a. Clap. Oh, Clap. Sorry, I added a the for no reason. Yeah, I, for, I think I know the reason. No, no, I just thought that like, I thought it was something like, you know, the clap man. No, it's clap. Or the clap back. But all right, we'll go just clap. So Bob Clappish was on with us earlier, and here is him explaining how Hal, in his eyes, is different than George Steinbrenner. Ever since Hal took over for his father and his brother, his deceased brother Hank, he's been a reluctant owner. He just doesn't like the spotlight. He does not like making tough decisions. He's a very shy guy. He's the antithesis of his father. And he was dragged and pulled and came in kicking, screaming to run the Yankees. If he'd had his choice, he would have never gotten involved. So he is the owner. He accepts the responsibility of the Steinbrenner name. But he's in every way possible not George Steinbrenner. That includes firing people. He just doesn't like to do it. He's trusted the organization to Brian Cash and for many, many years. It's now Brian's team. It used to be George's team. It used to be George's philosophy. It's now Brian's. And Hal has just basically allowed that to happen. And the return on the investment has been a winning year every year since Brian took over in 98. That's been the agreement since up to this point, And it's not going to change. Now, there's some things in there that I disagree with that I mentioned this earlier in the show. He's not shy. He's not shy at all. He happens to be an outgoing, really funny dude. 
with a lot of different interests. He's a pilot. He's a really, really good guy. I think he's just reticent about being the front-facing guy talking about the team. He doesn't. He doesn't seek fame. He doesn't seek um, notoriety. He doesn't. He doesn't want any of that. He's not like his dad. But that doesn't mean he's shy. And kicking and stream, screaming, I think that's a little strong. I mean, that was not his plan to run the Yankees. I don't think he grew up as a kid dreaming one day I'm going to run that. But but Hank passed away. There are other circumstances that dictated that he do it for his family. But kicking and screaming, it's a little strong. So I understand what Clapp is saying. He's very trusting. He doesn't like to fire people. He actually is a guy with a good heart. He's not your typical the boss sort of guy. But, yeah, he signed off on Joe Girardi being fired. He was part of the decision-making where Joe Torrey was essentially let go. They didn't give him a new contract. So it's there. It's been there. But I think he has to really be moved to do it. But shy he's not. He's just not that guy. He's not a shy guy. Just doesn't seek the spotlight. All right. Let's hear from Clapish again, who says that last place would really not be acceptable for this team. No Yankee manager, and I'm going to separate this now between Boone and Cashman, it's not survivable for any Yankee manager to finish last. It's one thing to not make the playoffs, okay? You cannot possibly make it every single year. What Torrey did was uh, with an outlier. I mean, Joe Girardi didn't make it for four separate times, four separate different years during his tenure, but he never finished last. If the Yankees do finish last, I find it hard to believe that Aaron Boone will be back. At that point, I think Steinbrenner will force Cashman to find another manager. Even though Boone has another year in his contract, last place is just unacceptable for any Yankee team. I would think he's right, and I would think, and I'm not saying specifically Boone, but there have to be seismic changes in order to satisfy your fan base and your paying public, which would be really angry if you finished last. They'd be really angry if you don't make the playoffs either, rightfully so. Last Yankee manager to finish last was Stump Merrill, and that was a team that was not built to win. It just uh, wasn't. They weren't expecting to win, and then Buck took over in '92. So, yeah, it would be. It would be catastrophic if they did if they finished last and if they didn't make the playoffs. This is interesting too from Clappish. He said that Boone would be a good manager for a hundred win team, but not an eighty win team. He's not done a bad job. And look, he's a great guy. Everyone says it. And it is true. He's a good person. And the players like him. There's a healthy atmosphere in that clubhouse. They certainly don't have the problems that, the, let's say, the White Sox do. And that's it. that's largely due to Boone. He's a good human being. The players are thriving that because they know that they have a quality person at the top. However, you can be a certain kind of manager with a 100-win team. And Aaron Boone was the perfect manager for a 100-win team because he keeps the harmony. He keeps the peace. He doesn't let the big egos clash with each other. He's the perfect guy, basically, to let a team that good run on autopilot. But you have to be a different manager when your team is winning 85 or 90 games. You have to be a different person. You have to be able to observe pressure on your players and say, this is not good enough. In that respect, Boone is lack. He just has not emotionally equipped. I don't know what the deficit is, but he has not been the right kind of manager for this, for this particular team in this particular season. The Yankees need more from him, and he hasn't provided it. Oh, by the way, that was the point guard comment, and it wasn't censored. So, ooh, what are you going to do now? Well, where's oh, your next conspiracy? No. Yeah. Oh, no. But here's, here's my point about that. So the team was a 100-win team, no matter who you made manager. He didn't have something to do with that. So he doesn't get credit for them being a 100-win team. Then he's hands off. But if they're an 87-win team, then it's on him. Again, Clapp and I are best friends. But best. I mean, yeah, he's one of my best friends. Really? But I would I would say I would go back and forth if we had a lot of time. Well, okay, 
He's a manager for a 100-win team. Well, didn't he have something to do with that? Are they, were they a 100-win team because of him? Or he had nothing to do with it other than you know, just being hands-off? I, I don't buy that. I don't know how much. In this day and age, I don't know how much credit a manager should get. I don't know how much blame. But to give him zero credit other than being a caretaker for 100 and then blame him for being an 87-win team, I don't think that's fair either. I um, I'm curious to what Don would say about your saying that Kalapish is one of your best friends. I don't care what Don would say. I know it's not about what you think; it's about what I think. I mean, have you seen some of the people that Don calls best friends? Reprobates. No, I, hold on, hold on. I'm some not of saying, them are reprobates. I don't even know what a reprobate is. Look but, it up. I, I'm not saying it's bad that he's your best friend at all. I'm just I didn't quest- say he was my best. He's one of my best friends. I've known him 40 years. Can you, um, I believe if you were to go back, you'd see that your initial response was, he's my best friend. Direct quote. I did and not say that. And if I did, then I was dead wrong. i say he's one of my best friends. Anthony, I'd love for you to go back and take a look there. Reprobate, an unprincipled person. Oh, you know, that's wrong. A sinner who is not... Oh, really? A sinner? You know some of his best friends. I do? Of course you do. Who are his best friends? I'm not going to say it on Even the air. Even who we've heard of? The ones we've heard of? Yeah. Like the brothers? I'm not saying anything. I'm not going to besmirch anybody. But he chooses oh somewhat questionable people being his best friends. Oh, my God. The Grasa? Yeah. No, no, no. Dan's a great guy. All right. Just checking. Uh, now, I asked Klapish a, a brilliant question because he said something about basically. He actually said that's a good question. He did? And I think Sean Casey gave you that, too. I've been killing it, if we're being honest, but everyone's so concerned about <laughs> you eating wasabi peas that no one pays attention to what I ask, even in baseball interviews. But uh, I asked him because he mentioned that the contract situation was favorable for uh, Cashman with him having so much time on his deal. And I, I asked, would Hal consider firing Cashman if there was only a year left on the deal? I don't think Hal has the appetite for it, period. However, if there was only one year left, I think they'd be having a different conversation. I mean, Hal does not like to pay people to not work. I mean, it's just not in his nature to punish people, fire them. He's just not a punitive guy like his father. But I think that he would be forced to act if Cashman didn't have four years of job security. There would definitely be a different conversation. I think just for the public's sake, Hal has to show that he's doing something that losing is not acceptable. So, yeah, theoretically, I think it would be a different circumstance. Now, Peter, uh, Anthony did check the tape. I said he's a friend of 40 years. I didn't say he's the best friend of 40 years. No, no, Anthony, go a little further back. He went, he's my best friend. I did not say that. Anthony? So is this in the intro to him or like well in the beginning of the show? Just now in our conversation. In our conversation. In this current conversation. Interesting. A few minutes ago. Okay. when When I brought him up. He said he's my best friend. Okay, I will go back and look. Ta- you, I, I wouldn't say that because he's not my best friend. Well, let's let's take he's a one look. of my best friends. All right, all right. Now, have you, have you been following along some of the big headlines here in your favorite newspaper today, Michael? Like what? Tell me. Uh, Bianca Sensory adjusts breasts in sheer crop top on barefoot gelato run with Kanye West. Uh, I did not see that headline, but I have seen pictures of Bianca, and let me just say, fan. It's a wise, one of the few wise choices that Kanye's made in the last year. I mean, well, you don't know the first thing about her. She, I'm just, uh, of course I don't, but all I know is, look-wise, she's a beautiful woman. So what you know, you agree, you agree with his process? 
Yeah. No, no, I don't even know what the process was. I agree with the end game. With the result. Yes. Every, by the way, uh, every clip I see of Kanye in, in, in the tabloids, he's just eating gelato. Who doesn't love gelato? Well, we all love gelato. But then I, then they're saying that he's overweight and he, he doesn't smell very good. There's really well, well, who said he doesn't smell good? That's quite an accusation. I know. Hold on. You're, you know what? You're right. I need to be able to attach blame to that. And also, around me, I wouldn't even... Uh, this is the time. If you have body odor and you want to hang around somebody who doesn't care, now's the time to hang around with me. I wouldn't smell it any chance. Uh, according to Radar Online, the oh, always reliable, reliable yep. Radar Online. Mm-hmm. Headline. I think that's the Gary Berghoff vehicle, right? I don't know. Headline. He's the guy who played Radar on MASH. Oh. Yeah, I didn't watch MASH. Um... <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I know. 100 million people watch it. Whatever. Uh, headline. Serious stench. Kanye West's wife, Bianca, turned off by ex-billionaire's hygiene sources claim. So Quote, Bianca oh, is turned off by it? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Quote. Kanye, w- come hang out with the caster. I can't smell anything. <laughs> Quote. He wears these outfits partly because he genuinely believes they showcase his fashion genius and forward-thinking set of source, but also to cover him having gained a little weight. Another source added, it's a serious stench when the layers come off. He's dripping in sweat head to toe, especially as he's not big on showering, and poor Bianca's nostrils are on the receiving end. No, I, I certainly wouldn't want Bianca being unhappy. He's got to be cooking under those layers, blabbed <laughs> another source. His B.O. is something awful since he rarely uses deodorant. What kind of source is this? He's a source that blabbed. Well, but I'll tell you what. Bianca is an interesting lady. Um, all right. Back to the sports of it all. Yeah, uh, I was wondering when... Er- Aaron Rodgers uh, was asked how he's building chemistry with the O-line. I honestly think a lot of that's overrated. A lot of that uh, worry about guys playing next to each other. Because when it comes down to it, the center's making calls, I'm making calls, they're making calls between each other. Um, It helps, you know, we had some great ones that played over the years in Green Bay next to each other for a long time, but that's the exception usually. Usual for the NFL is there's going to be multiple starting offensive lineups throughout the year because of injuries or guys they think can play that aren't starting right away. So we'll figure it out. But, you know, there's there's a few jobs up for grabs for sure. And it'd be nice to see somebody in the next couple of weeks uh, grab one of those. I now, would say that if you're a person that can mimic or imitate people, he's got a very mimical, mimicky voice. And cadence. You think? Because yeah, I'm oh, yeah. I'm the kind of guy who can occasionally do a voice, and I don't know that I hear it. You know, because uh, I don't I don't hear the yeah. But what, like he, what are you he grabbing on to? He has a start, a start and stop to the way he speaks. I think a it's certain, very a certain uh, a certain uh, cadence. Yeah. I'm this is not li- this is not like the other great imitations you do. I got I got to uh, Michael. I got to put put a little work in. Yeah, I don't. I don't have it. Just give us, just give us the joy of you imitating the forty fifth president of the United States. You're, you're very good at that. It, it, it has to come organically. It doesn't always come, <laughs> but when it comes, it's there. 
It's so good. Thank you. And it's so ironic that you're good at that. <laughs> I don't understand the irony. No, I do. Um, let's hear from Eric Bienemy. Now, I, I love this, Michael. Now I got a story on my hands. If you missed CNN yesterday. I didn't. So you didn't. Uh, uh, reportedly, Kami's players, some of them don't like the approach of Eric Bienemy. So he's been asked about his methods. Let's hear from Bienemy. Eric Bienemy is who he is. Okay? Eric Bienemy knows how to adapt and adjust. Eric Bienemy is a tough, hard nosed coach. But also understand, I'm going to be their biggest and harshest critic, but I'm also their number one fan because I got their back. My job is to make sure that we're doing it the right way. There's a way to do it. Do they understand that? Yes, because they're seeing the results. We're making a lot of strides. I'm proud of these guys. It's been some, excuse my language, some good to watch. You know, the person that I think that comes off looking terrible here is Ron Rivera. Go ahead. So he's criticizing him yesterday in a sense. He kind of walked it back a little bit. He said he put his foot in his mouth. Hey, Ron, who hired him? Yeah, no you didn't one quite else was... do your due diligence then to see what type of coach he is. Now you don't like the way he goes about it? Yeah, nobody else was running the organization this summer except you. Right, so you hired him, and now you're saying, you know, you didn't know how he coached? That's a bad hire by you. Here's, here's a quote from our good friend, Mr. Chris Carlin. Tell me what you think about this tweet from the Carlin. Biennemi can't get a head coach job. Then... He leaves Reed and Mahomes to prove he can do it somewhere else. He goes to D.C., tricky ownership sitch, and a coach who barely survived. Opportunity knocks. Rivera covering his own back from Biennemi pushing him off the cliff to be the next head coach. What do you think? I mean, if they fire Ron Rivera, this new ownership is going to do an extensive coaching search. That's just going to give the job to Eric Biennemi. So I don't agree with it. I agree with what Booger McFarlane said. What did the Boogman say? He said, the baby, the, the players are babies. Allow yourself to be coached and move on. Well, let's want to hear from Lewis Riddick. Yeah. Here's Lewis Riddick on NFL Live. You will get no sympathy from me when it comes to this kind of thing, especially when it comes to hard coaching, especially at the professional level. I was coached by Bill Belichick and Nick Saban at the same damn time. What do you think that was like? You think I went to Bill <laughs> and said, hey, Nick is coaching me too hard, coach. Like, he's like, he doesn't even know my name. He calls me by some other choice words half the time. Like, look, this, this is just so, I don't even know if I like to use the word soft, but I will say this. Players, like, nowadays, it's, it's weird, man. It's really weird about just how much you have to walk this fine line between mm. trying to help someone get better and not hurting their feelings, especially when we're talking about professional football. This is a get-to job. You don't have to do it. You can go do something else. You get to play pro football because they choose you to come and play for their organization and pay you money to do it. Now, Great stuff. Yeah, good stuff from Riddick there. Now, you're really right about Rivera looking silly, though, because now he had to walk it back. He said he told Biennemi that what he said, quote, wasn't as clear as it needed to be. And so basically, he either, Michael, ended up making his players look soft his first-year offensive coordinator too demanding, or both. Yeah, it's not a great look. He doesn't cover himself in glory with this. I love when you say that. I've never said that before. 
Cover himself in glory. You love yeah. that. Oh, by the way, do we find the audio? I'll let, let's get to the bottom of it. What did Michael say about himself and Bob Kloppish? Clapp and I are best friends. But best? I mean, yeah, he's one of my best friends. Mm. Yeah, he was my best friend. No, you did it first. You said we're best no, friends. We're best friends. I didn't say he's my best friend. We're best friends. So he's one. All the people that are, are my uh, the, my best friend in the world is Breen. That's my best friend. But if you're one of my we, best friends, you're one of my best friends. I didn't say he's say, my best friends. When we're you best say friends. We're, you, really? So you don't you don't take we're best friends as my best friend? No, I don't. If I wow. did, I would have used different words. Anthony, do you when you say we're best friends, do you say that as I say it as the singular, yes. Yeah, you mean it as one. As the who, only who, like that would be how I would refer to Breen if I was Michael. How, and that's who, who, how I, well I refer to Breen as my best friend. So you're focusing I mean, on the my. Right. Okay. N- not the were best. Dan Riley wants to hear your Marty McFly imitation. He likes that over 45. <clears throat> <clears throat> hey, Kay, I'm really excited for Yankee Stadium. I mean, there's really nothing to be done there. It's just a hoarse voice yelling. Hey, Doc. Um, I think my current 45 is better than Marty McFly. I think it's better, too. I really do. But nothing's better than your Freddy Kitchens. <laughs> I'm back. Where back you been? The- oh, Michael, I've been down. I had myself a little kerfuffle down off a boat in uh, Montgomery, Alabama last weekend. But I survived a couple of chair shots, and Keekings is here. Where you been? You know where you know where Freddie is now, right, Keegan's? Freddie Kiki? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing some. I'm doing. A, hold on, I'm I'm about to pop twenty or th- these tums real quick. Uh, I, I'm doing some college, uh, you know, stuff. Yeah, in North Carolina with Ray. Oh, let me tell you, Ray's a Ray's a great American. And uh, when I met Ray, I said I heard what you said to Peter back in the day about you hate him. And you wanted to do a walk down Fourth Avenue, but you, while you covered a lot of ground and made a lot of salient points, and yes, I know the word salient. I said you forgot to say one important thing to that loud mouth wasabi pea son of a bitch. <laughs> you should have said the magic three words. I'm okay. What a way to finish ENN. That will do it for ENN. Probably should mention on our way out the door, shout out to the New York Knicks. Got themselves a deal done with Josh Hart. If you like what he brought to the table, he's he's reportedly finalizing a four-year, $81 million extension. Michael, you good with 20 and a quarter a year for Josh Hart? I'm amazed, Peter, how the Knicks sign these really, really good contracts. None of these contracts are immovable. If you look at the production you get out of Randall, bargain. You look at the production they got out of Brunson, it's unbelievable what they paid him. And hard on the free agent market, might have gotten a little bit more. I think the Knicks and their front office have done a great job negotiating deals. Not quite the Atlanta Braves, but they've got people at decent contracts, reasonable contracts, and tradable contracts. Really smart. Yeah, they, you know what? They do deserve credit for that. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.